What up, podcast world? Welcome back to Working at the Wheel. I'm your host, Vicky, and we are so excited to have you back. Happy belated Valentine's Day. And if you're looking for our identity theft series, you might have to wait a week, but we have some great content coming your way today as we talk about relationships. If you're someone who's like, oh, I thought I got rid of Valentine's Day yesterday, I still think you're going to find some really great things from this podcast because we've got guests here from every single relationship status, and I'm really looking forward to what they have to add. If this is your first time listening to us, Working at the Wheel is a podcast produced by the student leaders of a Christian campus ministry, Badger Crew. We call Madison, Wisconsin our home, but we want to be available to you wherever you can listen to us. Um, so instead of introducing our guests here, I'm actually going to have them introduce themselves. Um, so to start off, I want your name, I want your relationship status. Maybe throw something in there like your major, your year, if you want. But also, <laughs> I want to know your favorite kind of cheese. You know, I really like cheese, and I, I really like to, to know that about all of you as we move forward in this. Um, <laughs> you know, walk together in Christ. So mm. if you can do that, that, that would be great. Sounds good. Well, my name is Anna. I am in a dating relationship currently, and... My favorite kind of cheese is probably pepper jack, but my body rejects cheese, so I've been trying to stray away from cheese lately, but I'd go with pepper jack if I have to pick one. Hello, my name is Mason. Um, I'm currently engaged to Anna's roommate, Megan. Yes. And my favorite cheese would probably have to be pepper jack as well. That was a high five. Pepper Jack, Pepper Jack might be one of my least favorites. So I'm Katie. I'm on staff with Crew. And since we're doing connections, um, I'm married. And since we're doing connections to each other, um, I'm married to Mason's Bible study leader, Ben. My favorite cheese, I would say, is white cheddar. And specifically, there's a kind, it's like a rectangular block from Aldi. It's called the New York white cheddar. It's awesome. I think you love it, Vicky. I'm a big cheese fan over here, all, all kinds of cheese, proud Wisconsinite in that. Uh, but yeah, like I said, my name is Vicky. I am currently single, so I can't connect anyone to anybody else because it's just me and the Lord right now. But you know, that's okay. Um, and my favorite type of cheese is definitely Colby Jack. Shout out. My mom's from Colby, so I grew up Colby Jack, giant bag from Sam's Club in the fridge at all times. So now that you know us a little bit more, um, we're going to continue to just hopefully pour some wisdom onto you about the different stages of the relationships that we've gone through and are currently in. Um, so today's going to look a little bit different than our past episodes. It's going to be more of a panel um, than a conversation uh, just right off the bat. So I'm going to pose some questions. Uh, I'll chime in a little bit from the single realm over here, but also this is just really to talk about relationships as a whole and um, to pair it with our identity theft series and to go into that in terms of where we are truly putting our identity when we're pursuing a relationship with other people. So the first question I kind of want to pose, and I'll open it up to anybody actually um, before I start calling people out, is just from, from your experience, obviously all of you being in a relationship in some way or form, what was your walk like with the Lord before you started pursuing this relationship? And how has your own individual walk been influenced um, by Jesus either coming into your life after the relationship started or how has your pursuit of a relationship changed with Jesus in your life? So the relationship I'm currently in has been kind of a long and sort of complicated one. When it started in high school I actually wasn't even a Christian and neither was he. Um, 
in the sense that we believe we are now with relationships with the Lord. We were just kind of cultural Christians. So the relationship was not very good in high school, and that's why it ended. Um, And then once we separated, we both got on a path where we individually found the Lord and were able to grow with him before we came back together. And honestly, that's probably the only reason our relationship is even working at this point is because we both have very strong individual relationships with the Lord. Yeah, I think for me, um, kind of similar to Anna, I uh, like was more so a cultural cult, cultural Christian in high school. Um, and I had uh, like two relationships that I was in throughout the course of the four years in high school, but uh, they weren't like they weren't bad, but they weren't also good. And um, from what I know about relationships today, like they weren't even close to what uh, God intended them for. Mm-hmm. Um, but then coming to college, um, I really had a season of life that was kind of tough, but also necessary right before coming to college. Um, and that uh, I had recently got out of a relationship and that really pointed me towards God. Um, and then the whole, whole freshman year, I was just like, laser focused on God and um, kind of just shut out uh, females from my mind, not in a bad sense, but just relational sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really awesome. Um, I grew a ton and I met a lot of um, awesome people and crew movement. And um, I don't know, that singleness period was pretty sweet. And um, I think that was, uh, that was like, I don't know, the most I've ever known God before um, up to that point. And it was just, it was, it was pretty sweet. Well, my relationship with God, like, I would say really started my freshman year of college. And it was uh, about four years after college that I got married. So there was some time to be growing in that. And, um, you know, when it was just me as a single person, even when I was dating different people before my husband, um, yeah, a lot of decisions, things I would pray through were very much just kind of like on my own, sometimes processing with friends, things like that. But then once married, um, my relationship with the Lord, I would say has deepened in the sense that I feel like, not that I have less control over like my life or my relationships, but there's another person to bring into that. And we both very much have our own walk with God, but as you know, the Bible says that marriage is a covenant relationship and not that it's better than being single. I I don't think the Bible says that marriage is like better than being single, but if you are married, if God calls you to be married, then, um, that is a really covenant relationship, um, like Christ and his relationship with the church. And so there is like a sacredness to that. And so, um, Yeah, so I can't just have, like, my own quiet times, my own personal relationship with God. I have to invite my husband into that. Um, We have to pray about things together. And I need to, and it can feel harder in a lot of ways um, being married because you do, yeah, invite someone else into um, how you worship, how you make decisions, how you spend your money, how you, yeah, you confess sin a lot more when you're living with someone and and you need to process those things. So um, I would say I am experiencing more Christ-likeness, but it's harder. (laughs) It's harder to just navigate a lot of different things. Yeah, the reason I start out with that question is because I think everybody's walk looks different, not only in their walk with the Lord, but with their walk in pursuing someone else. And um, 
I think there's three main topics and three main things that we really want to talk about on this episode. And it's, first of all, I know the Lord and I'm ready to pursue a relationship. The second one would be, I'm in a relationship or I have pursued one in the past and now I'm just coming to know the Lord. How do I navigate that? And then the third one would be, okay, I'm in this relationship what's next? You know, how can I continue to still grow as an individual with the Lord? But like you were talking about, Katie, participate in that evaluation of marriage. And then once marriage comes, be in that covenant, not only with Jesus, but with your spouse. So I think the first question I want to pose is, is, is in that realm of, I know the Lord, I want to pursue a relationship, which is a time of life that I feel like we've all been in, but especially myself, I resonate with because I'm in that current state right now. But the question I want to ask is, what can we tell people that are in that state of, I know Christ, how do I start to pursue a relationship with someone? Yeah, I think that especially right now during a pandemic, that can be kind of a hard place to be in because it's not the easiest time to meet people. But outside of the context of a pandemic, I would say put yourself in situations where you can meet um, people who know God. Um, That doesn't always have to look like pursuing a specific person or reaching out to a specific person. But even if you're in a group setting and you can be around other godly people and then you can maybe develop a connection with some people as well. I think that's a good place to start. I would say like not to think about it too much because if you're so preoccupied with meeting someone then it's going to cause stress and anxiety and you're probably going to be focused on the wrong things and be more concerned about it happening um and so I would definitely say like you know first and foremost like make your desires known to the Lord and ask him to lead you to someone ask him to give you wisdom as you get invitations to go on dates and things like that um So that's one thing that comes to mind. And I think that's a part, too, that, Mason, you talked about a little bit of being content in your singleness. And you spent a really good time before you pursued a relationship with your now fiancé that was just really single, dedicated towards the Lord. And I'd really love if you could share a little bit more about what that time truly meant to you and how that time affected how you pursued a relationship then and then how you saw the things that you learned in that singleness come to fruition within your relationship? Yeah, so like I said, um, that, that year, my freshman year of college was pretty pretty special. Um, just, again, having the opportunities that I had and the people around me that God blessed me with. Um, but I think one of the things that, you know, like looking back on it, like reflecting on it, just because I was single and like really kind of made an effort to pursue God, doesn't mean like I never felt uh, like that longing or like that sense of, oh, I really, you know, wish I had someone to be with or like to, um, talk about stuff with and mm-hmm. to go and hang out with. Yeah. Um, like I definitely felt that way. Um, but I definitely also wanted to kind of replace those feelings with, I should feel this way about God before I should feel this way about anyone else. Mm-hmm. Because if I like can't love God, um, someone who created me and, um, gave me everything I have right now, you know, I can't, I can't truly love someone else. Um, if I don't make that a priority and like a foundation, yeah. um, so that was that was tough at some points, but there's a lot of um, people around me that um, you know helped me grow into that uh, that mindset as well, which which was pretty cool. Yeah, I think what Mason said about uh, becoming secure in your relationship with the Lord is super important because 
if you're going to try to pursue another broken person, I think you need to understand that you yourself are broken and that you can only enter into a relationship knowing that that person's going to be broken and knowing that you're going to have to forgive them and you're going to have to have grace with them just as the Lord has with you. So I think really gaining a firm understanding of the gospel is super important before heading into a relationship just so that you can have the best outlook on it and kind of go about it in the healthiest way. Yeah, I think one thing that I would add to finish up um, when we're talking about this real season of singleness, once we do know the Lord, is that contentment in your singleness can a lot of times be warped as the only possibility. And I don't know if that's true because I feel like you can be very content in your singleness, but still be open to the Lord putting someone in your life. And being content in your singleness doesn't completely mean that you're going to swear off boys or swear off girls for a while. It, it means that you are okay where you're at, but you're also prepared and you're preparing your individual self and individual relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. for when he does put something in your, someone in your life, mm-hmm. um, which isn't always a guarantee either. And understanding that I think is a really big important too. It's a big important step. So thinking about content in your singleness does not, like I said, mean completely swearing off the possibility of a relationship for an X amount of time. But I think it means trusting truly in God's plan and trusting in the way that he's going to put people in your life, not only to pursue a relationship with, but friendships and people in your life that you can share the gospel with. And it all comes down to God's ability to put those people in your life and, and trusting in that and seizing the opportunities when they present themselves is I think the best way to approach that single time Mm -hmm. um, after you know the Lord. Which is kind of like how we should live our faith out anyway, like in every area of life, right? Just like what does God have me in now, what relationships, what work environment, what neighborhood, what conflict, what whatever, like what's happening now? Because like we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but like how are we faithful with what we do have and like receiving what he's giving us or withholding and like trusting that he has a plan in that. Yeah. I think that's a great way to end that part too. And moving into the idea of I'm currently in a relationship and I've just come to know Christ. I think that can be a little trickier too. And something that we want to think about is how can you still continue to evaluate that relationship and have grace over that relationship but still respecting your new relationship with God? What if, what if a relationship with someone on earth comes before your relationship with God on a timeline? And, and I'll pose that to anybody here is what are the first steps that we kind of have to take to ensure that we're still prioritizing God as our first identity um, instead of a human relationship? Yeah, I think this can be a really hard thing to do, especially if you're used to your relationship working one way And then all of a sudden this thing comes into your life that completely flips everything upside down and starts changing you from the inside. That's going to change your relationship a lot as well. So I think just being prepared for the possibility of a lot of changes coming up is a good thing to do and just trusting the Lord through all of that. Because there's a lot of things about the Christian faith that are very countercultural to the way that relationships happen today. And if you or when you begin growing with the Lord and he might convict you of some things that are culturally acceptable or he might try leading you down a new path that you wouldn't have considered before I think you need to be prepared to obey that call above your feelings for this person and above 
what the relationship might have been because any relationship with the Lord and anything he leads you into is going to be exponentially better, even though that can be hard to believe in the moment. But obeying him is always better than obeying your feelings, hands down, every single time, even if it might not seem like it in the moment. Yeah, I think that's good. I think uh, obviously that scenario is probably uh, or probably comes along with a lot of like emotional and internal feelings and mm-hmm. you know a lot of tension there, just like trying to figure out what to do. I've never been in that situation, but uh, I, I can only imagine like what that's like. But uh, like Anna said, I think you know obviously our pursuit of God is the most important thing in our life, and um, anything that's going to take us away from that is is not something that. God wants us to be in and that's not saying like just because maybe maybe you're you just became a Christian and your significant other is not um there's obviously opportunity there to tell them about it and um kind of bring them along with you and potentially share the gospel with them and have them be saved but um there's also a possibility that they aren't going to want to do that and they're not going to do it maybe maybe even at that point they just won't do that but um I don't know. That's, that's a tough situation, but um, pursuing God is, is definitely an important thing that we shouldn't let anything else kind of affect. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes we just want, like, a formula, you know? Like, okay, so I'm a Christian now and I'm dating this person. Do I have to break up with them? Or, like, what, what what's the black and white thing that I need to do? And those don't always exist, you know? Like, the what does the Bible say about dating? Well, it tells us how to love people. <laughs> Talks about marriage, but it doesn't really talk about dating. And um, I experienced this my freshman year of college. I went into college dating someone, went to a different school. We were at two different universities. And I had grown up in a Christian home and would have said I was a Christian. But really, my freshman year, after a few months, I understood what it meant to have a relationship with Christ and recognize him as my savior and like acknowledge that and surrendered my life to him and kind of said, okay, I, I want you to do what you want to do with my life. And I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> Literally, the only thing I know is like, I need to be submitted to you and not drink till I'm 21 because that's illegal. <laughs> like that was the only practical thing I knew was like changing. And so um, I'm dating this guy and kind of sharing with him a little bit about, you know, what I'm learning and stuff. And I remember even over um, Thanksgiving break, like sat down and went through the Knowing God Personally booklet and shared like this is this is like what I'm learning about and this is a decision I made like do you want to make this decision and he was raised in you know a Christian home as well well not a Christian home he went to church um I mean of course I can't really know where his parents were at but it just seemed like you know something they had done and so he was familiar with concepts of Christianity but um he kind of said like yeah like I want to make this decision and then time went on and I felt like I was really growing but like we weren't growing together And I just knew, I felt like the Lord was telling me, like, I needed to ask him, like, did you make this decision for yourself or or for me? Like, do you really want this? Or did you just kind of say like, oh yeah, sure. Like, this is important to you. So I kind of want to do this too. And, and I knew if he said anything less than for God, um, that like, we just needed to break up because I wanted to be freed up to like fully learn how to follow God and not have, you know, kind of the distraction of someone who I felt like I wanted to have an intimate relationship with, but wasn't at the same place as me. And, and he said both. And to me, that really wasn't good enough and wasn't what I felt like God was calling me, um, 
you know, to be a part of at that time. And he was a great guy. Like, people were asking, like, why why did you break up? I mean, I think he even asked, like, why do we break up again? Because it didn't really make sense. It was like nothing happened. There was no conflict. Um, but I knew, like, in my heart and my spirit that God was calling me to something more and he wasn't calling him to that. And so um, he could have brought him along. You know, things could have worked out. But in that moment, in that time, I that was something he was calling me to do was, was to end that. And so... That was my experience, but it is so different. Ben's parents, um, his mom was a strong believer and dated his dad and led his dad to the Lord. (laughs) And like, that was their story. And, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But again, that's why we need to like, we need to have a relationship with God and hear his voice telling us what he wants us to do because he knows our abilities and our you know, propensity to fall into temptation or to become complacent if we don't have someone who's at a kind of certain place spiritually that we might need to push us. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was really great. And to even have you talk about your own testament and that was really important um, in the way that you truly discerned the spirit talking to you and, and pursuing the relationship with God first and foremost. And mm-hmm. I think the last thing that I kind of want to add on that was something that Mason had touched on and just, we are all broken people. And I think trying to force a relationship too much, while it is a very scary thing to think about starting over with someone new or Mm -hmm. completely ending a relationship because of your faith, any relationship can end pretty much at any time, whether it has to do with Jesus or not. And I think the biggest thing that comes to that is we're all broken people. And with that comes a lot of hurt towards each other. Yeah. Even as Christians and especially as Christians, having Jesus as our savior is amazing. And having that within our relationship is beyond important. Mm -hmm. But that still doesn't mean we're going to see eye to eye on every single little thing. That still doesn't mean that we're not going to have little tedious fights every once in a while. And it also means that there's probably going to be some hurt within our relationship and sometimes trying to hold on to that a little bit too much can be very detrimental Mm -hmm. when it comes to the evaluation part before marriage especially in a new pursuit of a relationship with Christ that that comes along with that uh yeah I think and then going further too if you are in a relationship and your relationship with Jesus begins to grow, and then your significant other's relationship with Jesus is not on that same trajectory, is not growing, um, I think you need to be really careful of situations like that because the Lord tells us that we are not to be unequally yoked. So a lot of you might have heard this before, but this is a verse, and it talks about um, a yoke is a piece of wood that they would put over two oxen to pull a cart. And so if you imagine being unequally yoked, the, the visual you can get is one oxen is really big and strong, and this could be like you and your new relationship with the Lord pursuing him and growing with him, while the other oxen maybe is a little bit smaller and weaker, and this might be your significant other who is not does not know the Lord, has no interest in knowing the Lord at all. And if you think about yoking those two animals together, you're just going to be going in circles because the strong one is going to be pulling and the the weaker one is not going to be able to add anything to that trajectory. So it's really important to consider your relationship with the Lord and consider your relationship with this person and think, are they pulling me closer to the Lord or are they allowing me to grow closer to the Lord or am I being held back by this relationship? 
because anything that's not pulling you closer to the Lord is ultimately pulling you away from him. And as hard as that can be to face and to think about, I think it's a really important step that we need to take because we don't want to be held back. We want to experience the fullness and the joy and the love that the Lord has for us. But if we are putting all of our faith into this person who is holding us back from the Lord, we're never going to get there to the point where he wants us to be. And I know this is so much easier said than done, even thinking about a situation like this. But I would urge any of you who are in this kind of situation to really talk to community, talk to the Lord about it, and just be open and vulnerable with where you're at. Yeah, I think that's a great way to kind of close off that look into that second part that we talked about in terms of I'm in a relationship and now I'm pursuing a relationship with the Lord. What do I do? And and the final part that I think we want to talk about on this episode is you know, we're in that situation where we are equally yoked and we enter into this evaluation of marriage stage. And there's a lot of questions even beyond that. You know, some people think once you hit that point, it's easy and it's and it's good from there. And um, not that I've ever been in this situation, but from seeing a lot of people around me, I would firmly argue that that's when the hard work starts. Yeah. And that's when a lot of the emotional conversations like Mason was talking about really come in and, um, Katie mentioned um, while we were off for a little bit that I haven't really been sticking to the questions that our content team came up with here, and I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna ask some of them now because um, I think they're really good. And the first one that I want to start with that I think goes really well with in terms of what happens next is how do you maintain having your own identity and individual relationship with Christ, um, but still support your partner? And, and this would be in your evaluation of marriage stage. So you're not married yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you may be dating, you may be engaged, but this is before marriage. Pursuing your own individual identity with Christ, but still wanting to support the person you're in a relationship with. Yeah, I think for this one, it's really important to take stock of your emotions and take stock of where am I getting my fulfillment from? Where am I getting my identity from? And where am I getting poured into from? Because if you are expecting your partner to come in and fill in all the gaps and make up for all your weaknesses and to do everything perfectly, that's not going to happen. And you're going to be disappointed time and time again. And that honestly could lead to the relationship falling apart. But if you are putting your first and best time towards the Lord, if you are getting poured into by him, if you are growing closer to him and learning more about him, that's when you'll be able to love your partner the way that he loves us. And you'll be able to forgive your partner and you'll be able to have vulnerable conversations with your partner, but still be secure and know that my identity is not in this earthly relationship. It is in my relationship with the Lord. So even if this relationship were to end, I would still be okay because I would still have the Lord at the end of the day. I think just on a really kind of basic level, like whether you are a follower of Christ or not, um, what happens is people often try to be what they think other people want them to be instead of just being true to who they are and and sometimes we don't know you know it takes time to maybe learn your preferences or how to disagree or you know have different kinds of boundaries um, and express those but I've seen just in working with college students for many years and in my own experience in dating relationships or even friend relationships Um, it's really tempting just to want to please other people, want to be accepted and do that at the expense of being true to yourself. And that's a really dangerous place to be because especially if you're 
in a dating relationship and moving towards the idea of marriage, um, if you're not, if you're just being what you think someone wants you to be, then they're not able to actually love you or accept you because they don't fully know you. So I think, yeah, finding your identity in Christ um, and having, yeah, just your own like personal characteristic identity, you know, who the Lord made you to be as a person with preferences and likes and dislikes. Um, You should be free to communicate those. If you're in a relationship with someone and you feel like you're not free to disagree or do your own thing or spend time with your friends or um, not join them in things they want to do if you just don't want to sometimes, um, that that could be a red flag. Like I would say, uh, don't think that that's just okay and you should continue in that way. And yeah, I think when it comes to like supporting someone else um, in their identity in Christ... It, it takes humility for sure. Like God calls us to serve, to love and lay down our lives and serve um, each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And you know, we're all different. He's made us all to be different. And I think our natural sinful tendency is to want to like be with people who are like us and affirm us and our values and our interests. Um, but you're probably going to be with someone in a relationship that you're not exactly the same. And that's a really good thing. And you can learn from them and instead of um maybe being upset about things that are different um whether it's an interest or a conviction or um just a personality trait like remember that God made them and as long as they're not in sin like ask him to help you appreciate who he's made them to be and and how you can support them um just like a kind of silly example but like one thing in our relationship is um like Ben really loves to watch sports I like to play sports but I'm like I don't watching it depends if it's in person and I'm with people that's fun but like I'm not I don't want to sit home all weekend and watch sports like that sounds terrible to me and that's like all he wants to do (laughs) so you know there's something in that where it's like I'm free to say like I'm gonna sit here with a magazine or like talk to my sister or whatever like do something I'll be with you and I want to support you. I don't want to totally be separate and go do my own thing. But um, I don't need to watch it. I don't want to watch it. That feels like a waste of time for me sometimes if I have other things I value that I want to be doing. Yeah, I'd probably say, uh, I mean, part of our identity with Christ is to serve Christ. And, you know, the two greatest commandments that Jesus tells us is, to, uh, well, I guess, you know, obviously they're God's commandments, but Jesus tells <laughs> us to love God with all of our heart. And he also tells us to love your neighbor as yourself mm-hmm. and I think obviously being in a relationship with your husband or wife or even significant other like loving them well is a way that you can honor God and yeah. um that you can um yeah I guess just honor God and honor honor that person also but mm-hmm. um you know like I said earlier or like we've all been saying you know our, our goal is to uh honor God over and support or uh pursue God over anything mm-hmm. um and I think that's one way that we do that in a relationship kind of like what Katie was saying like the servant servant mindset I'm gonna jump back to something Katie said too I think another thing that's really important in relationships is not only to spend time together and have fun together but also to spend time intentionally getting to know the other person beyond just what they like to do but getting to know how they react to conflict and getting to know what their walk with the Lord is like and having these conversations about 
what what does the future look like and what are things that are important to me that I'm not willing to compromise on because it, while it's great to go to the movies and go bowling and get ice cream and all of that, if you're not spending intentional time getting to know this other person, then you're doing a disservice to the both of you because you are not really figuring out if this relationship is going to go anywhere. So I think it's really important to have a balance of having fun, but also being intentional about asking tough questions and having tough conversations because, like Vicky has mentioned, it is an evaluation process. Um, it's not it's not an end destination. Being in a dating relationship is not the goal. Um, the goal is to pursue marriage. And so if we're not having these intentional conversations with the intention of getting to know this person and see if they're a suitable marriage partner, then I don't know how I was going to finish that. Dating is a big interview process. Dating is a huge interview process. That's the whole thing. It's a big interview, and the job is marriage. So, <laughs> and the orientation is engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, dang, I'm a journalism major sitting over here, and you're saying relationships <laughs> is a big interview. What the heck? <laughs> no, I think that was really great, and I think a great way to kind of end this this podcast is thinking about everybody's favorite topic of boundaries and Mm. thinking about the pursuit (laughs) of that evaluation process, but also the way that we can keep boundaries to like what what Mason was saying, be a servant towards them, Mm -hmm. love them, intentionally get to know them, but ultimately still allow God to be the root of our identity and our number one priority within that. So I'm not going to ask too many specific questions about boundaries. Um, But I guess I will just open it up to, like I said, any advice or things that you guys feel like you would really want to share about everybody's favorite topic of boundaries. Um, Boundaries, like you said, are not people's favorite thing, but I think that we all have a skewed view of them. And I think if we looked at them more from the perspective of the Lord tells us to put these boundaries up to protect ourselves and for our own good, then maybe we would be a little more willing to set these boundaries and uphold them. But I think that it's important to talk to somebody who is a couple steps ahead of you spiritually about these kind of things when you get into a new relationship and also talk to the person you're pursuing um, right away. Because if you wait, then it's likely that those boundaries are going to be crossed since you didn't set on them or agree with them. And while we're talking about boundaries, I feel like we should kind of talk about the major kinds of boundaries in case people haven't heard of them before but um, in a relationship there should be spiritual emotional and physical boundaries Um, those are not there to limit you or to crush you or to make your relationship less fun but they're there to protect you and protect your relationship with the lord um, and also to protect the other person that you're with well i think if you consider pop culture, movies, music, um, and if that's your example for how to be in a relationship, you've got a really bad start. And that's how I got my start. And it's easy to just have the focus be on yourself. And, you know, the idea that love is someone making me happy. They make me feel good. I love this person because I'm so attracted to them because I like what I see. I like how they make me feel Um, I feel accepted, you know, it's all about you. And that's not what God tells us love is. Love is um, about other people. It's about the best interests of people. It's not about how we feel. 
Um, so boundaries are really helpful in keeping us, you know, on track with, um, what God says love is and, and how we can care for other people. And, um, you know, with physical boundaries, maybe you've heard it said before, like, don't ask the question, like, how close can I get to the line? Whatever that line is, like, um, you know, that God would see as, uh, unacceptable or displeasing to him. I used to ask that question, you know, and wonder like, well, how much, how much can I get away with? Like how much kissing is too much? How far can we go without, um, it being like really bad? That's like, well, first of all, <laughs> who's making these definitions and these lines, you know, like, look at what the word says. We have to use scripture as our guide and God calls us to holiness. First Thessalonians says, it is God's will that we are holy. And what is holiness in terms of like sexual purity? Well, it's within marriage. Um, there's a lot of freedom and, you know, sex is a good thing. God's made us to have bodies that want to have sex because it's very natural, but the boundary he's created is within marriage between a man and a woman. That is, uh, how it is to be enjoyed and that is how it's a blessing. And so anything outside of that, anything outside of that is sin and that's not what he calls us to. And so if someone's wondering, you know, what should my physical boundaries be, um, you know, I guess you have to decide about kissing, you know, some people wait until they're married, um, to have their first kiss, you know, probably not very many, but some do. And I think that's pretty incredible. And people have little boundaries within there. And again, it's like you walk with the Lord and you talk with each other to make sure you're not leading the other one into sin. But I don't think we can necessarily say like, you can't kiss. That's a sin. I don't think you'll find that in scripture. Um, but sexual acts, you know, it's very, I think the Bible is very clear. And, um, I think people often don't see what scripture says about issues like this because they don't want to, and they're, you know, not actually surrendered to, um, wanting to know what the Lord says because it's inconvenient and it's not fun. And it means you have to die to yourself and, live for Christ. Like you have to actually live out Galatians 2 20 that says, you know, I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so the life I now live, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And it's like, it's a life of faith and trusting that God's, God's way is, is better than what our flesh wants and not just our physical flesh, but even our sinful, you know, sinful nature, which would, um, affect our emotional boundaries and things as well. I would say with emotional boundaries, um, just make sure you have like other friends and people to share things with. Like if your partner is the only person you're pouring out your soul to, like, that's probably not good. Like men find other men to talk through things with women, find other women to get advice from and talk through things with. And, just once you start sharing, um, your deepest desires and, um, or if you're in a place where you're hurting or vulnerable and then you, you know, are with that person and talking about things, it can just be really easy to be kind of emotionally compromised and too vulnerable, um, to, to think rationally or to apply the truth of scripture or be wise, um, in like helping treat the other person as a brother or sister in Christ. So that was kind of a lot, but those are just some thoughts that were running through my brain. I think one thing that I hear people say a lot is that, uh, boyfriends don't get husband privileges. 
Mm, um, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of a simple thing you, you can remember in your head, but uh, that's always kind of like something funny that, I mean, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just kind of, it's a funny way to say it, but it's, it's definitely true. Short and sweet. Yeah, exactly. To the point. <laughs> I think the last way I want to finish up boundaries is just um, saying something and building off of something that Katie said was just, as soon as you start idolizing your relationship with a human being over your relationship with Christ, that probably means that you're passing whatever line you've set. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with what you said, Katie, in terms of boundaries are different for every relationship. Um, but I feel like that's a pretty good standard to set is as soon as the idolization of another human being or the infatuation with another human being, which is a word that we could probably do an entire another episode <laughs> on, um, comes into play, then that probably means you're stepping over those mm-hmm. lines of boundaries that you created. Yeah. And moving on to what we always do here on Working at the Wheel is we wrap up with our reference minute. Um, I think this is going to be a great reference minute in just the amazing things that we can provide you in ways that you can learn more about this. So I'll open it up to anybody who wants to start, but our reference minute, just share any books, podcasts, preachers, churches, anything that we could redirect our listeners to to help them continue to grow either in this topic or just in their individual walks with the Lord in general. I think there's one book that sticks out over a lot of books written by a couple of different people, but it's, it's called the Bible. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. Shout out. Snaps for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, um, I like podcasts a lot, so yes, I have found a few over the years that have talked a lot about relationships. Um, I mean, any, any like church, uh, most likely has like relationship podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one right now called Becoming Something by uh, Jonathan Pokluda. He's a pastor down in Texas, but he talks a lot more about like young young adult questions because he has like a question and answer session on his Instagram every Friday. Um, I, I learn a lot from those and they're pretty quick. Um, he's definitely very knowledgeable. He gets a lot of questions, kind of like how you were asking or like similar to ones that you were asking. Um, so I, I would recommend that one. Um, there's a lot of good books out there too, uh, like The Sacred Search. Uh, I think the same dude wrote The Sacred Marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Thomas. Yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. So those are good. Yeah, so I'll just jump off of that because I was going to say the book Sacred Search by Gary Thomas is a really good, it's a good read no matter where you're at in a relationship. Um, it brings up a lot of good things that you should talk about a potential spouse with and just gives you a reality check in a lot of other areas. And then the other thing I was going to mention was a podcast called The Altar Fellowship. It's on Spotify, probably Apple Music as well, but it's a church down in Tennessee that's relatively new, but the preacher is just very, very wise, and you can tell that the Spirit is speaking through him, and I've been very convicted about many things through all these messages. He has sermons on relationships. He has sermons on um, spiritual maturity, on what it looks like to worship and I think that that's just a great resource if you're looking to push yourself a little bit further in your faith um, again that's called the altar fellowship uh, the pastor is Maddie Montgomery if you're looking for a good podcast for a book I would say a really good one regardless of what your relationship status is is the meaning of marriage by Timothy Keller 
Um, I remember being on a spring break trip with crew once and seeing a single guy from one of our campuses reading it. And I was like, why are you reading that book? <laughs> and I was actually just, I had it with me. I was going to start reading it too. And as I started reading it, I realized, oh, this isn't just for married people. Like this is a really good, um, book about the theology of relationship and, um, how God calls us to love people. And yes, marriage is one of those, but I would totally recommend that for anybody, um, like it'd be better probably to read it before you get married. So really good, um, yeah, wide coverage of topics in that one. For podcasts, Bridgetown Church is a church in Portland, Oregon. John Mark Comer is the pastor, and he has so many amazing resources out there. But um, it was probably like ooh, six years ago, or five years ago, or something. He had um, some podcasts that were pretty popular about relationships. I don't remember what they're called, but if you went to his website or search podcasts, I'm sure you would find it. Um, but I know those are really helpful, and I just respect his walk with the Lord and things that I've learned from him, too. Um, anything by the Gospel Coalition I think is good. They probably have some articles, but I can't point to one specific. Um, but, I mean, gosh, this is such a podcast resource generation, right? You guys just go in the search bar and um, pray before you start reading stuff because you might get some weird stuff. Like, don't assume everything out there is good. But those are two things that come to mind. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here today. I mean, to our listeners, happy belated Valentine's Day. Whether you wanted to <laughs> talk about or listen about relationships today, we're really happy that you stuck all the way through us. And we really hope and pray that you were able to take something out of this podcast, no matter where you are in your relationship walk and especially in your relationship pursuit with the Lord. Um, but yeah, once again, thank you guys for being here. Um, we will resume our identity theft series next week. So Look forward to that. We'll have episode three, I believe it is, out to you. Uh, But yeah, thanks again for listening, guys. That's it for us here at Working at the Wheel. We'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.